And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's a lovely Friday afternoon. Yes, I know, there's a bit of cloud about and the threat of a storm later on. So, uh, you know, I'm being optimistic when I say it's a lovely Friday afternoon. But look, every Friday is lovely and all the more so because I'm joined in the studio by Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Don't you look forward to Fridays? You know what? It's the highlight of the week. It absolutely is. We have a lot of fun here. We and do. we do a little bit to help people as well when we talk exactly. about all matters financial. Now, this yeah. week, apparently, we've got a very important topic. It's called, what is a transition to retirement pension and how does it work? Mm. Now, a lot of people might be like me. They might have heard of this, a transition to retirement pension, but be a little bit uncertain about just exactly what it is mm. and how it works. Yeah, look, exactly right. And I'm finding that the, the, the first couple of questions I'm getting now in most meetings is, so when would you like to retire? Can you make five o'clock work? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that a few times in the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to retire when I was 25. I just didn't have enough money, you know. <laughs> well, I think everybody has a pipe dream of some sort. Um, but exactly right. It's one of those strategies where if we take a step back, for me, retirement, the definition of retirement for me is can you choose to do something on your terms? And if that means doing nothing, great. If that means doing full-time work, great. If that means doing two days a week, great. If you can earn some money doing something that you would do for free, yeah, great. And anywhere in between those two extremes from everything to nothing. So, yeah, so basically filling your time as you please. Spot on. That yeah. for me is the definition of retirement. I, I think people need to get their head around that. And I find people are becoming more aware of that and more understanding of that sort of definition because of COVID, because of Uber and the side hustles that people can mm. have. And it's, it's sort of breaking down that mindset of saying, well, it's not all or nothing. And if you do choose to go back and do some work because that'll fund next year's holiday, that's your choice. So today's about what is transition and how can we use our accumulated superannuation to be able to fund, for example, I really like my job. I just don't really like it five days a week. Mm. If I could do Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, that would be fantastic. However, how do I recoup the two days wages that I'm going to forego in steps the transition to retirement strategy where provided you've met certain conditions, you could actually access your accumulated superannuation on a limited basis whilst you're working three days a week in the same job you may have had for 20 years fund through the use of a pension the two days of wages that you've lost and maintain the lifestyle that you want whilst having the benefit of some extra time with the grandkids, mm. out fishing, playing mahjong, tennis with the girls, whatever it may be. So here's my first question. If you want to make, take advantage of this transition to retirement arrangement, does that mm -hmm. mean you have to actually reduce your hours of work or you can access this while you're still working full-time? What, what do you need to do? So under the legislation, you need to change the terms under which you are employed. Right. Generally speaking, if you're employed by the government, they want to see a new contract that you may not be doing 38 hours a week, you may be doing 30, mm -hmm. 25. As long as there's a definite change in the terms of your employment, you've got a very strong argument to say that you are transitioning to retirement. So that's the best way to try and make a duck look like a duck, walk like a duck and quack like a duck. Um, and in doing so, that allows you to then be able to access accumulated super and draw an income stream. Now, keeping in mind that whether it's a transition to retirement pension or an account-based pension, which is something that you can do when you fully retired, 
you still need to meet the minimum requirements under the legislation, which for somebody under the age of 65 is you take at least in a normal environment 4% of your account balance reduced to 2% because of what's happened with COVID. But if we talk normally, under 65, you need to take 4% of the account balance over the financial year to meet the access rules and the transition to retirement definition. The caveat with transition, because we know we haven't fully retired, is the maximum you can take in any one financial year is 10% of the market value of your account when you started the pension in that financial year or on the first day of the financial year if it's already in place. So we've got a minimum of four, we've got a maximum of 10, but it's a great strategy to be able to say, look, Mr. Employer, I don't want to do five days a week, but I need to be able to find $20,000 a year that I'm going to forego in wages. I know what I'll do. I'll take some money out of my superannuation fund to help lessen the impact of that from a cash flow perspective and still maintain the enjoyment that you get from work or the skill set that you provide or the agreement that you're under um, because I find, as I said earlier, most people like their job, but as you get older, you may not like it five days a week. So, of course, some people might find that their employment situation has changed through no choice of their own. So this mm-hmm. is something then to consider in those circumstances too, isn't it? Look, spot on. This, is, this isn't just from a strategic standpoint. It's also maybe as a, as a function of necessity. You know, if you haven't been able to get the hours through the, the, your usual form of employment, provided that you meet your Commonwealth preservation age for your date of birth, you'll be able to access your benefits under this strategy, provided that your fund also allows it. And I'll, and I'll preface a lot of this by saying, check with your fund. And in the ACT, it's quite prevalent because the CSS fund allows this strategy. The PSS fund doesn't have the capacity to provide this option because of the way that the fund operates. So check with your fund. If you're in a general retail fund, industry fund, self-managed super fund, 99.9% of the time you'll be able to do this. Um, you need to check the legislation and make sure that you're of the right age to be able to access it. And one of the things to keep in mind here is the tax profile of your superannuation no longer changes when you start a transition to retirement pension. So what used to happen was under the term pension, once you started a pension, everything inside the fund becomes tax-free. Now, a standard superannuation fund pays tax at 15% or less, depending on how it's invested. So starting a transition to retirement pension was very advantageous because it made everything inside your pension account tax-free. Okay. The government stepped in and went, mm, nah, we don't like that. Mm, too generous, huh? In their eyes, I think most things are. Yes. Um, so they turned around and said, well, you can start the income stream, but the tax profile doesn't change. You'll still get taxed at 15% or less with the assets that you have inside that transition to retirement pension. Okay, but there are other tax implications here too, aren't there? Because the, the money you take out as a pension... Is that tax-free still? Depends. <laughs> so if we if we draw a line in the sand and say, are you over age 60? Yes. Have you commenced a transition to retirement pension? Yes. Is the income stream that you draw out of your account tax-free? Yes. If you are under 60, have I started a transition to retirement pension? Yes. Is the income that I take out of that pension tax-free? It depends. And it depends on one key thing what is the component of your superannuation because it can be taxable 
or tax-free. So to answer that part of the question, you need to say, how did the money go in? Mm-hmm. Did I make a non-concessional contribution, which is what we spoke about last, last week? week yeah. If you made a non-concessional contribution, you put tax-free money into the account. If you start an income stream under 60 with that tax-free money, yes, it comes back out to you tax-free because you put it in tax-free. If your fund is built up of money that's come in through salary sacrifice or from superannuation guarantee payments, then a portion of that income will be taxable, but you do get a 15% rebate. So it is concessionally taxed in addition to the wages that you'll receive from your employer. It's also complicated. Uh, now, <laughs> Little bit. Little it, bit. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're over 60, that yeah. income stream coming out of your pension fund then is tax-free. Correct. So That's if right. I'm still working three days a week yep. and I'm making – I can arrange this so I can make the same money I did before except part of my income is now tax-free. Yeah. Compared to before. So yeah. I'm actually making more net money in my pocket. Yeah. So let's take it a step further. Let's say you're doing five days and you don't reduce – let's say you reduce to four and a half days and you start a transition to retirement pension. Um, you could be taking out 10% of your super balance tax-free. And this is where this strategy becomes more than just a cash flow tool. Let's, let's throw this one out there. Let's say you take a transition to retirement pension and you pull $50,000 out being 10% of half a million and you use that $50,000 to make a $25,000 deductible contribution to super for you and a $25,000 tax deductible contribution for your spouse. We've used tax-free money out of a pension and the next day we've put it back into superannuation and we've claimed a tax deduction of up to $50,000. On your regular income? On your regular income, provided that you haven't gone over the thresholds taking into account the superannuation support that you get from your employer. So all I'm throwing up there is Mm. this is a really good way to pay down debt. It's a really good way to maximise contributions to super. It's a really good way to equalise retirement asset bases. So in simple terms, under the right circumstances, you can actually eliminate the income tax you're paying on the income you're still earning from your regular job. You could, yes, depending on the way that you're employed. um, Obviously, you need to take into account the contributions from your employer but if we loop back around and get really technical on a Friday <laughs> what if you could use the I'm going to carry- need a stiff drink after yeah. this come on what if <laughs> listeners are like this one if you haven't made a contribution to superannuation in the past and we use the carry forward rules which says that whatever you didn't use of your $25,000 deductible limit you can carry forward from the 2019 financial year you could have a transition to retirement pension paid in June you could make a deductible contribution with that money taking into account the carry forward thresholds that you can take advantage of. You could then make another pension payment in July because it's a new financial year, recontribute contributions in that year and you've got your year's contributions either in a spouse's name, your name, you've increased your income deductions. All I'm saying here is there's lots of ways to skin the cat or we now say pat the cat. We can't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're allowed to say, if Peter's listening, I'm sorry, we're going to pat the cat. We no. won't skin the cat. Yeah, no, we don't skin cats anymore, <laughs> nor, nor do we swing them around in small rooms. Right, okay, say no more. <laughs> but it's, it's a really, really good strategy that people should not underestimate because you've just lost the tax benefit we discussed before. Strategically, it can be very, very handy for a range of different things to provide tax benefits as, as part of your broader planning strategies. Okay, so from our conversation here, it's it's a little bit complicated and there are lots of rules to navigate. Yeah. So just a quick summary of what are the most important rules. Make sure you've met your Commonwealth preservation age to be able to take the pension. 
make sure you meet the minimum or maximum under the legislation, which is 4% for people under the age of 65 in a non-COVID environment, or 10% maximum for that financial year or for the year that you start the income stream if you do it partway through the year. Consider the tax implications if you're under 60. Use the pension coming out for other strategic considerations like estate balancing, deductions, the repayment of debt with tax-free money, uh, maximise deductible contributions. Make sure that you complete the paperwork correctly with your respective fund and ensure that they allow you to do it. And I think that's about it. Okay. That's you had it. me hanging there. You went, and, and there was this There was this pregnant pause. It was like I was waiting for something more. But, yes, it is complicated, and I, yeah. I suspect that uh, anybody who's actually contemplating going down this road is going to do so with the help of a financial advisor to make yeah. sure everything is done absolutely with all the I's dotted, T's crossed. And, and I so think on. you need to loop your accountant in here as well because they can provide some some real value in relation to some broader strategic tax planning and, and making the most of the various changes in legislation over the last couple yeah. of years. So the key takeout here is if you're not actually going to fully retire just yet, you're planning on a transition to retirement and you meet these criteria, you can actually do a number of things. You can uh, bolster your income flow, you can reduce your tax liability and, of course, you can cut the number of hours you have to work every week. I think you had me at hello there. <laughs> I think it's, I might do this. <laughs> why not? Well, at least you know how. Today we've been talking about what is a transition mm. to retirement pension and how does it work. So it is a little bit complicated and we've tried bit. to go through it, you know, in yeah. a, a reasonably methodical sort of uh, yep. fashion. So, Luke, what are the key strategies people should remember? Yeah, so I think if you're going to consider a transition to retirement pension, Think about your cash flow because that's really the the primary reason that you'd look to try and wind down your work hours and have an understanding of what your budget requires and what you'd need to access and see if it falls within the thresholds that you can get hold of. Obviously, keeping in mind that the more you take now, potentially the less you may have uh, later on. It's a great strategy for funding deductible contributions to super leading into 30 June. So as we said before the break, you may not have any spare cash but want to make a tax deduction or a, a deductible contribution to your super to minimise your income tax. So why not consider paying out a, a pension payment in June, use that same money to put it back into another super fund, claim 100% of that money going in. So it's a, a good way to mitigate income tax potentially and obviously loop your accountant in on that strategy before you do it. Use it to pay down debt on a tax-free basis where you're drawing a pension over 60. Could also use it to bolster a spouse's superannuation uh, whilst you continue to work to equalise uh, the total value of superannuation that the two of you have. That can be really handy if you've got a defined benefit pension or you know you'll have a defined benefit pension. Um, a good way to, to split up the superannuation so you don't have it too top-heavy in either person's name. So they're the, the key things that I'd be looking to try and take advantage of the, that piece of legislation because it's all about controlling your cash flow, living the way that you want to live. And if it means that you can work for an extra two or three years because you have a specific skill set or you actually just really like what you do, it's a great way to stay engaged with your employer and have your cake and eat it as well because you can do your three days, maintain your, your standard of living and your ongoing cash flow and not leave the workforce in totality. So it may give you a little bit more time in relation to, um, you know, having holidays and, and funding trips and, and things of that nature. 
And I guess this is a, a strategy or, or a, um, uh, an opportunity to that, that can be applied to various different circumstances. You might mm. be wanting to wind back the number of hours you work by a significant amount. You might yep. want to only work two or three days a week. Correct. Or you might have a different motivation. You might be yep. trying to do something about your tax liability. So yep. you might want to reduce your working hours only by a small amount yep. and uh, still work maybe four or four and a half days a week yep. and arrange for those tax benefits. Yep. Another, another good way of using this if we think about things in financial year blocks if you wanted to reduce debt quickly you could make an annual pension payment in june and then another annual pension payment in july and you could effectively get two years worth of pension payment out in the space of a couple of weeks which can be very advantageous if you're trying to pay down non-deductible debt with tax-free money because you're over 60. so it's part of a broader strategic consideration and a strategy that people should use leading into and, and, and potentially during retirement or if you've returned to the workforce, a great way to mitigate tax and just be across what you're doing and have as much flexibility as possible because people change their mind, people change their decisions and, um, and I've never met anybody that's upset about having access to too much cash. Oh, no, I don't think that would be a terrible <laughs> burden to bear, would it? First world problem. Too much too much cash. Yes, I've, I've struggled with that myself. <laughs> Luke, where can listeners get more information? So if you're unsure, uh, we've got some, some appointments free in, in, in April. Uh, 62604749 is the office number. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. Uh, we've got the Knowledge Centre there where you can go and watch some videos and read some technical material if you're that way inclined. We've got the podcast on... Spotify and iTunes, the Strategy Stacker, where Luke talks money. And we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all of the key takeouts and video of the radio show so you can pause it and, and, and take some notes and then continue watching. I find that one's becoming uh, more and more prevalent because people don't want to read anything. They just like to listen and have the information spat out to them. So, Well, the whole podcast thing is actually quite handy because you mm. can slap your headphones on and go for a walk in the Correct. fresh air and, and listen at the same time, which is... yeah. It's you know it's a marvelous good in, thing. Good one in the car if you're tired of listening to the radio. Indeed, Luke. Thanks very much. We'll catch you again next Pleasure. Friday. See you next week.